And this is After Adult. After Adult, our little, like, in-between seasons time. So this is another Minnesota. She's not born again. She's doing porn again. <laughs> That's Those what it'll words, sound like. But not when the we... melody. <laughs> That's what it'll almost sound like when we come back. It'll. I yeah. just. I've I've listened to the song multiple times, but when I hear that line for some reason, I think of it like, like um oh like Malcolm in the Middle. Life is unfair. Style. <laughs> oh my god. Which is. <laughs> I love that your brain is making up like a completely alternative version. It's <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm making up an alternative version of our theme song. <laughs> For now, though, it's you know the the regular old theme song. My old garage band skills, Hell yeah. which have been really played out by now, and I'm sick of it. So I'm excited to have a new one. Rachel, you want to tell everyone what we're talking about today? Even though it's, like, going to be in the episode title, they won't be surprised. It's going to be in the episode title. We're going to talk about, today, uh, we're going to talk about Ron Jeremy, and we're going to talk about the culture that allowed him to become this. Yeah. Because you cannot... Enablers of porn, which is... unfortunately been literally everybody in the industry like yeah you genuinely cannot talk about i mean you can't talk about roger without talking about and the and his arrest and the multiple allegations against it without talking about how rape culture has really strengthened yeah his ability to do that who are you putting lipstick on for i it's again it's a new lip gloss that i got and i haven't really tried it before and i'm just okay. seeing how i was how like it looks. we're not really recording this on we're not recording video yeah we can see each other but this this platform does not save the video recording and uh, y- y'all know if you listen to the podcast we are Audio only. This we is don't an do audio video. medium. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to call you out. I was I'm sorry. Like... You should have called me out. You just look up and I'm and I'm fucking applying lip balm. Like it is lip balm. It's kind of a. Uh, it's <clears throat> incredible jelly shot lip quencher. I got it from Sephora. Anyway, that's not important. Um, you know what's crazy? In the before times. We would be, like, going to karaoke at some point, and I'd be like, Adrian, can I borrow lip gloss because my lips would feel dry? And Mm -hmm. you would let me use that, and I would use it directly on my lips. Yes, you would. I mean, granted, when you weren't looking, I would still wipe it off afterward because I do that to everyone with everything. The only person I don't do that to is Colin. Well, you swap a lot more than that. Exactly. I know, Sorry. I four times. I mean, you can, you can cut all that out if you I want can to. Leave, I'm going to leave it in. Fuck it. Okay, it's, cool. It's a random aside. <laughs> um, so back to um, uh, the whole porn industry enabling Ron Jeremy and his abusive bullshit for years. Oh, no, you, you were talking. So, well, yeah, you, no, you, were, was... you were talking. So I was 
no, that was I. That was really it. Um, mm. <laughs> it's just me introducing the episode. Well, let's, let's start with reviewing the current charges against Ron Jeremy. Um, he is being held currently on bail. Uh, so I'm just going to directly read a little snippet that I took from uh, the most recent CNN article about about him. Uh, so Ron Jeremy, 67, was charged with three counts each. Oh, you know what? Um, let me just go ahead and insert a trigger warning here. For any, I mean, if, if anyone's listening to this episode and Ron Jeremy's name is in the title, I think you can probably guess what it's about. We'll put it, um, we'll but put regardless, it in the show. We'll yeah, put it'll it be in the, the show, show notes, notes too. along with links to anything that we reference today. Right. So since we are discussing Ron Jeremy and he has been charged with sexual assault and rape, like this show is going to deal with discussing some details about that. So if you are um, too uncomfortable to listen, please do not listen any further. Thank you. All right. So back to this clip from CNN. Ron Jeremy, 67, was charged with three counts each of forcible rape and forcible penetration by a foreign object and one count each of forcible oral copulation and sexual battery. On Friday, he pleaded not guilty to the charges, according to a tweet from District Attorney Jackie Lacey. He remains in custody and is being held on $6.6 million bail. Um, also, the if he were found guilty on all of the charges, he would be facing... Uh, as much as a 90-year prison sentence. So for a 67-year-old, that is as good as a life sentence. Uh, so that's that's the basics on what he's charged with. Um, and in, so yeah, he, he was in court for, I guess, I, I'm so bad with legal terms, but is that an arraignment? Uh, yes. On Friday, this past Friday, which would have been... Uh, yeah, it's where, where they set bail or determine if Got someone it, yes. is qualified for a bail. Yeah, so and that was they, on um, Friday, June person... 26th that they yeah. set that bail amount. Um, and also there's an article that was posted by, um, I got to find it again. Uh, I believe it was, yeah, AVN News posted an article today, actually, um, this morning reporting like the reasons why Ron Jeremy and his lawyer are contesting the amount of bail because he has not been able to make bail yet um, which was intentional they identified that he was a, a flight risk and also given the fact that he has so many allegations there are like I think in total there are over 25 women who have publicly told stories about him raping or sexually assaulting them in some manner. And it's probably more than that, because... Oh, God, yeah. Well, he assaulted me, like, <laughs> you know. I didn't know that. Uh, okay, you want, should I tell that story? I mean, if you want to, I mean, you don't I'm, have I'm comfortable to telling it. Okay. It is, it's a classic Ron Jeremy story. Like, it is literally what he's done to just about everyone in the porn industry that he's come within, like, arm's length of. So. Okay, then not to steal your thunder, can I, did, so that he just, he reached into your shirt or your bra, depending on where you were, and tweaked your nipple, and then No, he was, your... it was, it was, it was more than that. <laughs> oh, okay, because that's what I saw, that's what I've been reading a lot of accounts of. I mean, yeah. just a lot of groping and, and him, but sorry, okay. 
Yeah, no, it was uh, back in 20, 2013 or so when I used to go to Porn Star Karaoke all the time when I was living in LA. And uh, I was, Ron Jeremy was there that night and I'd met him before and like seen him and like he had done, when he released his rum, cause he had his own like branded rum, he had invited me or like not him directly, but like his fucking PR his person people. or whatever. Yeah, had invited a bunch of um, young women in porn to this, like, release party for his rum. So, like, I'd met him before, I'd been in his proximity, I'd talked to him, like, it, it's not like he was a friend, it was just like I would interact when I see someone in public who's in my industry, kind of thing. And, uh, so I was outside in the parking lot, um, which is where people would always go hang out in the parking lot at Porn Star Karaoke, because it was a very small dive bar, and, like, People would go outside and, like, smoke or whatever, mm -hmm. talk to get away from the noise. So I was outside talking to some other friends that I knew from karaoke. Ron Jeremy had been there that night. He came out of the parking lot, and he was like, oh, I want to show you something. And my dumbass was like, cool, sure, cool, this is Ron Jeremy. Like, well, I wonder what he's going to show. Like, I had no idea. Well, he, he asked me to close my eyes, and then I put out my hand, and he put his penis in my hand, and then tried to... Tried to. This is also in front of my ex. He tried to turn me around and fuck me, like in, yeah, without any like discussion, like, and I like felt it, like, and I was like, nope, no, no, like, <laughs> like I got instantly jumpy, and I was like, what the fuck is this dude doing, like? But that is exactly what he, like, if you look at all the stories women come out with, it's the same fucking thing over and over and over again. Yeah, no, actually... He just assumes he can do whatever he wants. So, Kat Black, she's a YouTuber and educator. Um, she posted her own experience, and he put his hand... Or he, he put her... Sorry. He put her hand on his penis. Mm-hmm. He does and it then, like it's a trick because he he can no, he apparently he can instantly make his penis hard he and he thinks it's said, a funny party trick. Do you want to see a magic trick? Right. And then he That's said That's literally exactly the thing. Yeah. Because he's had the surgery that like when you have erectile dysfunction, the thing that like it's a little balloon that can and then he tried to finger her but she's trans and so she was like, I don't have a vagina. And he, and so he just felt her and was feeling her genitalia. And he was like, no, but this is like, this is in like naming the parts that he thought it was. And like, he what? also groped her. Yeah. Um, I sent you the link for the video. Yeah. I haven't watched it. Cause I know that we um, were, but, and ugh. But, like, it's so crazy. What's crazy to me, and she, like, reiterates this in the video, is that, one, she is already a... She's already bit... She's already, like, a survivor of sexual assault. Yeah. And because of how she moves in society, like, she's used to people grabbing her and without permission yeah. so she just like laughed it off but yeah that's what i did yeah 
But it's and like I, I didn't not only did I laugh it off, like I never I truly was like it's Ron Jeremy, he's like a weird old dude, like mm-hmm. I'm sure he does this shit all the time. Like it it was yeah. almost like a nuisance. And I'm not trying to downplay it because, you know, I've I have been a victim of sexual assault before and it it's because culturally Ron Jeremy is who he is and and also just because he's a celebrity in general, like he has that level of power to kind of like do whatever he wants. Uh, for this many years, he's been doing it with impunity, you know? Yeah. And even, I mean, like, people who are victims, like, in my case, I was just, like, <laughs> ugh. I was, like, annoyed. It, it was more like a nuisance. Like, I didn't even come out of it necessarily feeling deeply violated, which, you know, and I'm not saying that to downplay any, like, obviously, everyone's going to have their own fucking response to it. But for me, I was, like, I was, like, this silly, annoying guy, like, what the fuck are you doing? Kind of Yeah, thing. she... She brought up the fact that because he is, like, because of who he is, not necessarily in the way, but just in the way that, like, like, he's older, like, Mm -hmm. he's very familiar to people, even if they don't know him because of Mm -hmm. porn, because he's done, like, a lot of reality TV, he was on The Surreal Life, that's actually how she knew him. Yeah. And... So, like, he's not necessarily just this two-dimensional character of, like, the Hedgehog, which mm-hmm. is his nickname. He's, see, he's, like, he's, like, your funny old uncle who says raunchy things at Thanksgiving. Yeah. He's, but, like, been characterized as a, as a harmless jokester. And I think it's partially the way that he also comes... So, one of the things... So, he's had two documentaries. One is um, Porn Star, The Legend of Ron Jeremy. That came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. And one was Ron Jeremy, Life After the Buffet. Um, Porn Star was about, like, him becoming, like, the everyday man of porn. And, like, it has interviews with, like, his family and friends. Um and you can only get it on DVD or VHS on Amazon. You can't live. You can't stream it anywhere because it's two thousand one. That's um, that's funny. But then there's also but life after the buffet is about how in twenty thirteen like he was having chest pain and he went to the hospital and it turned out like he was experiencing an aortic dissection. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's. The corrector. But he was experiencing a heart and then he had to immediately be, go into surgery. So from the trailer I watched, because this is, it was like four ninety nine on Vimeo. And after yeah. watching the trailer, I was like, I don't actually think he, they go, they talk much about porn. I think this is basically like what happens after a near death experience. Yeah. And that's, that time, that was like, probably would have been very shortly before, uh, no, after, yeah, it would have been after the thing where I met him in the, where, I mean, let me just say, where he assaulted me in the parking lot. <laughs> it would have, I think that it was shortly after that, that he had the heart attack. Yeah. Because I remember I being just... super annoyed with my ex because 
my ex uh, was like very, he always prodded me to be more of a social climber in the porn industry. And so I remember my ex, like, because I had Ron Jeremy's phone number, right? I still have it saved in my phone right now. I should fucking delete it. But <laughs> um, I just remember my ex being like, oh, you, you should text him and like, tell him like wish him well like get well soon and i just was like you can text him if you want i'm not gonna text him like he he's gross he assaulted me in a parking lot like while you watched yeah. <laughs> you fuck <me>. and like <laughs> and it's so it's so so it's just i don't know it's the whole thing is so gross i mean but like that's the way he presents like, he even, he even did, like, a guest spot on Hoarded Buried Alive, because, which is the TLC version of Hoarders. Okay. Um, I didn't realize there were... Hoarding, like, yeah, Hoarding Buried like Alive, and, like... the poor man's version of Hoarders, okay. Well, yeah, because he, because, like, one of his friends, who he knew for a few years, was, like, being featured on it, so he... Okay. He went on it. I think I, I don't know if I sent you that one. I don't really, but it I was don't remember like, getting that one. No, I mean, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll share it. But it's like, so the image that he's cultivated is harmless. One of the, I watched, um, I watched a video of him doing it. XL comedy tour and Q and a in 2018. Um, I didn't send you that one either. I'll have to send okay. it to you after this. Um, <laughs> but his opening bit, and it's not the first time I saw this when I was trying to look up other videos of him, and it's like, he's, is that he's living proof that anyone can get laid. Yeah. Like, the every the man. image that he, yeah, it's the image that he cultivates for himself, which is, and it's so, it's not funny. It's just so interesting to me because, like, I listened to, um, Erica Lust did a really good, uh, not an interview, um, she was on, um, Nicole Byers' podcast, Why Won't You Mm. Date Me? Yeah. And she was talking about, like, one of her series is people can, like, submit fantasies, and then, like, she'll create, and, like, if they inspire her, she'll create a short film. Yeah. Um... Erica Lust will. Erica Lust, yeah. Yes. Not Nicole Byer. Um, <laughs> Erica Lust will create a short film if it's, like, something that catches her eye. But mm-hmm. they discussed how there was, like, a need for a diversity of not just, like, not just in race, but of, like, body image. Mm-hmm. And how even men, like, even cis straight men who are, like, fed that they should want just, like, this very basic show of um sexuality yeah want to see something that is closer to what it's actually what actually having sex is like yeah and they what want more actual genuine... people look like they want yeah they want more genuine things so yeah. i think that's actually why ron jeremy got big not because of his giant schlong Right. Well, but those because, are a dime a dozen in porn. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard to find a person with a big dick. 
I don't actually know how big is Dig It, but like everyone, it's like ten inches. We accidentally got disconnected, so Rachel got interrupted. I was talking about how how cis men want we they want something shown with more genuine connection, and I think that's and not because of his giant dick. I think that's actually why he blew up the way he did. Yeah, was. Because that is, like, the closest to, like, oh, not, like, a real man in, like, the manly sense, but, like, right. a more realistic man. Yeah. Necessary. Than, like... Yeah, he's, he's always been heftier. He's not incredibly tall. Like, I think he's, like, 5'8", five, five or something like that, so he's a little bit... Yeah, his nickname is shorter the... Shorter than average. ...is the Hedgehog, because he's mm-hmm. hairy, large, and small. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, you know, and, and again, all of that just feeds more into the, like, ah, he's, he's harmless. Like, they gave him a cute animal nickname. Like... Yeah. I mean, his comedy show was, his comedy was not good. He did not have a, he did not have a tight five. <laughs> um, uh, he didn't have a tight set. It was more like he just bounced around. Um, at one point he had a really transphobic joke about San Francisco cheerleaders. Um, it was, you know why San Francisco cheerleaders don't wear dresses? Because their balls would hang out. What? Um, what? And then, I know. Um, but the thing that I thought was interesting in watching this XL comedy special was that even his own view of the porn industry is a view that I think the porn industry is trying to distance themselves from. Yeah. So, like, one of the things he talks about is, like, like I said, it's... There's the, it's all over the place. But one of the things he talks about is, like, he breaks down, like, how much a motorcycle, I guess there was, like, a motorcycle off screen because he was pointing to it. I genuinely don't know because he, like, started introducing prop comedy in the middle of it, but unsuccessfully. Um, So, like, he, like, he was talking about how there's no foreplay in porn, and then he was, like, breaking down what different types of foreplay were. And one of them was, like, he was going through a bag and he was trying to, he was like, I was going to have soap and I was going to pull out soap. And I was going to be, that's prison floor play. It's like. Oh, no. So, like. Mm. But he talks about how much a motorcycle costs by, like, sex act. He's like, he's like, this much, this many, like, the jobs. So it's like, this is how many, like. Okay anal shots I had to do. This is how many blah, blah, blah. And then he talks about Jenna Shameson's fur coat. So, I guess she has a lot of fur coats. And how people are like, how many animals did you kill? And he's like, no, how many guys did she have to fuck? Like, she worked hard for it. Okay. But I think it... Oh, he also implies that, like, porn stars don't take off for the holidays. Because he was, like... He was talking about how... He's like, yeah, you can't just cancel the DP scene for, even though it's on Easter. And I was like, 
No, I'm pretty sure people important like take off for major for major holidays if they celebrate them. Yeah, I mean I, it's it's yeah. just a grab bag. I would say that typically crews don't want to shoot on a major holiday because the, yeah. they have family members. Like I I know a lot of performers who would be happy to shoot on a holiday and have like shot on Christmas or whatever. Um, especially if they're like estranged from their family and right spending that time with family isn't as big of a deal but even then like it's not like i don't know that's just that's just a weird joke (laughs) and it's not yeah (laughs) like i said it was not a good comedy set um actually the funniest thing about it was when he said it was like very jerry seinfeld but again if jerry seinfeld was like bad and yeah but he was like you know how you can't, you notice how you can't say dick? You can only, like, it's better if you say dicks. And this woman calls out, like, he was like, someone's, someone try in the audience. He was looking for a woman. To, right. And she was like, this woman calls out, I like multiple dicks. Oh my God. And I was like, that's the funniest thing that's happened this whole time. And it's not he was actually thrown off. Runge. Yeah, it has nothing to do. Nothing to do with him. But like, it just yeah. it. It's like he just it. The whole thing really fed into this idea of like that. People who work in porn and porn stars are like these depraved sexual deviants. Right. When. I mean, sure, there's a little bit of sexual deviancy, but technically deviancy is, like, when you're describing a deviant, it's anything that is outside of what is considered societal norm. Yep, right. Yeah. So, or against societal rules. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's a difference between a deviancy and being a predator. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right? And I would classify him as uh, not only a deviant, which I would also classify myself as, but mm-hmm. he is a deviant and a predator. So what happens in the porn industry when someone like Ron Jeremy is arrested? Because there was yeah. also, uh, like, James Dean... Mm-hmm. A few years ago. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't... Well, and then the... And, and really, the only reason I, like, we've heard about Ron Jeremy or, like, James Dean is because they've both wheedled their way into mainstream. Like, James yes. Dean did that really weird movie with Lindsay Lohan. And Lindsay yeah. Lohan is in the mainstream. So... So I don't, yeah. so I can't say, like, I know of when this has happened in other times. Is what I'm yeah. Saying. The other, the other big um, male performer to get called out uh, in porns, because I mean, honestly, porn's been having a second Me Too era, but the other big male performer uh, who's been, uh, had a lot of allegations um, coming out is Ryan Madison, who is... Famous for being one half of the couple, the porn couple that produces content for like kellymadison.com, which is 
I shot for that website, so I've I shot with both of them, um, and that was years ago, and uh, I didn't have an experience that was like the claims that I've seen, but I also think that like he, I I hold I completely believe him, um, but just to get back on topic to the Ron Jeremy thing, like yeah, um, it's so one thing I guess that is sort of interesting is that everyone in the porn industry now with Ron Jeremy actually being arrested and charged is like, okay, we are not surprised at all because he essentially was ousted from the industry a couple years ago. Um, yeah, he's banned I read from that he appearing wasn't... at the AVN convention. He's mm-hmm. not allowed in, uh, because there were two, there were so many, you know, well, I almost said actually, because there were too he, many, but he actually assaulted someone at AVN. Mm hmm. Well, like, I mean, it was, and it was like a fan, and she. I only know this because there's another really good video. It came out in 2017, right? By Ginger Banks, which is also um, interesting because essentially AVN is saying, "Oh, all because Ginger Lynn uh, accused him of assault in the 80s. Like Julia Ann has accused him of assault. Um, he has been." outed for sexually assaulting many women in porn over the years and no one has ever given a shit or believed anyone but when he assaults a fan a non-porn performer then avn takes it seriously enough to ban him from attending the convention so clearly there's a priority of like who we believe what he did it was a couple that came up to him for an autograph and he went under her shirt and or he went, he somehow grabbed her breath and then pulled it out and signed it. And right. she hadn't, like, asked for any of that. She wasn't like, here, sign my tits. Like. Right. So. And then, like, with Ginger Lynn, he was like, we're friends. How can you rape a friend? When most yeah. sexual assaults are not strangers. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but like, why? But a large percentage of assaults yeah. are done by people who you know or people you are close to. Mm-hmm. And that is also something that, it, in my experience, it seems that a lot of uh, men of the boomer generation and women also don't understand. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so he's banned from ABN. But, but like how, but I guess what, how does the, and maybe this is more like how has porn dealt internally with the Me Too movement? Because like a lot of the things that people say about this is like, like, well, it's Ron Jeremy, what did you expect? Or it's like, she's in porn, or she's a sex worker, like, she, you know, it's, it's used as an excuse for, as if you deserved it, because you're willing to use your, because you're, because you use your body and your sexuality to make money. Right. Um... Yeah, kind of the stock responses to a porn, a woman in porn um, saying that she was assaulted by someone are, uh, well, look at what you do for a living. What did you expect? 
or it's like um, one thing I've actually seen Ginger Banks on Twitter getting a lot is like, well, if you know, so you're saying you were assaulted, but didn't you get paid for that scene? <laughs> and so I've seen her uh, m- many on many occasions being like, okay, so how? Like, it, yeah, I got paid for the scene because it was my job to do that that day. And I still was there and I still, like, filmed the thing I was being paid to film. But so now you think because I was assaulted on set that day that I shouldn't get paid for the work I did that is still being sold by the production company? Like, uh, so there's... Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just about... that people do not understand the business of porn and how it works, and and people that's, have a hard time. That's why like... I meant like, that's why I meant more like, how does the industry handle it internally? Because people, yeah, because people who are in the industry do know, do know how it works. Like you know that there are discussions, that there are yes lists, that there are no lists. That you know because you actually do have to produce content at some point. You have to kind of have an idea of what you're going to be doing in a scene because you have to frame it. Yeah. Like there's still like, so a lot of the allegations that are floating around now, um, cause the two, some of the biggest ones recently uh, outside of Ron Jeremy, cause that's sort of, I, I mean, it's, What's going on with Ron Jeremy is sort of a separate issue from, like, the Me Too that's been happening, like, in, in mm-hmm. the porn Twitter world. Because um, that's been more focused on, um, so, allegations uh, of that Ginger Banks and Jenny Bly have made against Manuel Ferrara, who is a super, super successful male porn star. Um, and then uh, the Ryan Madison stuff that I just mentioned. And... So what's interesting is seeing the industry unfold and essentially, like, split down the middle. So you have a lot of women in porn who are like, well, I believe Manuel. I don't think he did anything wrong. Um, but then the two because women... Because they, like, they had, like, a good experience shooting with him. Right. And it's like, well, I've also shot a scene with Manuel and he did not assault me on set that day. But that doesn't mean I don't believe what someone is saying was their experience, you know? And, like, it's... Honestly, a lot of it is interesting to discuss because it gets down into the discussion of, like, consent and that in porn, in a porn scene, there is such a thing as ongoing consent, even though, you know, we discuss... If if we're doing our jobs right, we are discussing boundaries and comfort level with certain sex acts before a camera's ever switched on. But I know that I've shot plenty of scenes where I have not in detail gone over boundaries with my co-star um, for many reasons, maybe because I'd worked with them a handful of times already. And I felt like, you know, I didn't need that level of detail. Maybe it was supposed to be such a vanilla scene that I felt like no one's good. He's not going to like, try to put a finger in my butt because this is not that type of scene. You know, it's supposed to be like a romantic couples scene. Like, so I've been guilty of making assumptions about the way a scene's going to go without discussing boundaries ahead of time. But, I would, but, but even, I would even if that that's you're... the case, you know, that's still not permission for someone to do something I don't want in a scene. And then when I like either clearly verbally or non-verbally communicate, I don't want this. You know, or call cut and say, hey, you're doing a thing that I don't want you to do. 
and then we start filming if they do it again like that is such a clear violation of boundaries and consent and that's the kind of thing that yeah i mean i would argue yeah. it but actually those times when you didn't have those conversations it wasn't up to you to facilitate to make sure they were facilitated it was up to the director or like that's another discussion that's on set because yeah, they're, they're the ones who because they're the ones who have more power yeah well and i will say um it is it would be unusual for a director to most directors that i've worked with are so hands-off when it comes to the talent's direct interaction with each other like not only do they not open the door to begin a conversation about um consent and boundaries like <laughs> I don't think I've ever been on a set where a director did that. Um, and I'm including directors that I love and respect and I know are ethical um, in that. Do you think that's going to change now that, um, you know, because you're, you're hoping to go back to work. Yeah. Um, so, like, and by work, I mean, like, you're hoping to resume doing paid shoots because you yeah because you which means travel stuff yeah which yeah because you produce your own stuff Mm -hmm. but do you think that's gonna change now that there's been such a long period of time like almost a quarter of the year where people who were producing had to produce their own stuff and therefore were their own bosses yeah and that's yeah i think because of that, but also just because of some of these really big names, like specifically Manuel um, being called out. Uh, there's also been a fair amount of talk about a male performer named Marcus Dupree, who is a contract star with Brazzers. Um, and so with some of these really like famous performers, these successful male performers having allegations out, it... I think it's going to, I mean, my hope is that the big studios who are hiring performers take allegations seriously and, you know, do more to protect performers on set and make sure that people are having their boundaries respected. But on the other hand, like, I don't see, you know, everything that people have said about Marcus Dupree is being treated as nothing more than rumor. Um, the allegations against Manuel, like, so what's interesting is that Manuel and not, not Ginger Banks, uh, in the scene that she, so it was Ginger Banks and Jenny Bly were in a scene together with Manuel and they both have said that they were abused in that scene. Uh, Jenny Bly was like basically choked unconscious during the scene and, uh, yeah. And that's, um, that's he continued to have sex with her. Shit. Yeah. So... And it's on film, like, right? You can go find a video and watch it. I have not watched the video. That is a, that's a little too much for me to handle. Um, also, but it's I clear from descriptions of it that, like, you know, it's kind of obvious that she's uh, not all there, you know? Also, it, I would hate for someone to make any sort of money off of that. Like, even if it's just, like, click revenue, like, ad click revenue or whatever. I believe the scene has been pulled by now. Like, I think any videos you can find of it are because Jenny herself has tweeted videos to say, like, look at what is happening in this scene. Like, um, 
just to draw attention to it. But but that being said, that that's where you have like a lot of really big names, men and women in porn, coming out and saying like, "Well, I I believe Manuel. I support him." Um, at one point last month, Manuel and the director from that scene, um, who works for Evil Angel, and then Jenny Lai released like a joint statement, essentially saying like, "We have talked about this together. Like we." I don't remember exactly everything it said. Essentially, it was just, like, you know, we all agree that, like, this has gone really far into personally attacking each other, and, like, we're all sorry. Essentially, it was, like, it seemed kind of like a positive thing. Um, Because it seemed like Manuel admitting that he didn't understand the extent to which he had hurt Jenny that day. You know, and that it wasn't something that they ever discussed with each other until now, years later. So they put out this joint statement. But then after that, Jenny, I saw Jenny tweet that, like, Manuel kind of, like, subtweeted her. Like, another performer said something about, like, oh, all these girls with their allegations, like, making making shit up. And then Manuel Ferrara was like, haha, yeah. Like... So it seemed like maybe he was a little bit um, yeah, disingenuous that him... with that joint statement. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it, there's been a lot of, like, just with that whole Jenny Bly-Manuel thing, there's been a lot of, like, just people just hating on each other on Twitter. It's, it's like... Uh, <laughs> it reminds me of what we were talking about with Rod. Like, he... Like, he basically did one comedic video featuring an animal, and he couldn't work again, but someone... Yeah, the episode of Rod Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, someone like... Manuel, someone like Ron Jeremy, someone like, right. you know, James Dean, all these people could continue to work after... Yeah, and I still see a ton of women in porn, like newer women who, I'm sorry, like there's no way that you come into this industry and you don't, and that you haven't heard about the, all the stuff with James Dean and the allegations against him, um, and the story that Stoya told, like, I don't think there's any way you can be a talent in the industry and not have heard those things, yet I still see a lot of women in porn voluntarily shooting like they'll shoot content with James Dean and they put the scenes up on like their OnlyFans and the thing that annoys me about it is like first of all there are tons of male performers out there who are fantastic second of all like it's not that hard to find good dick why are we going out of our way to give our time and attention to someone who has for me personally like allegations are enough. You know, I believe women as someone who has been sexually assaulted, nobody wants to fucking go public, especially against someone who's as powerful in the industry as like Manuel or James Dean. There is nothing to gain by making up a story and saying, Oh, he assaulted or raped me when it, it didn't happen. You know, obviously like, although false, allegations happen they're proven in like every context to be so fucking rare that like 
That's always my problem when someone immediately is like, well, what if it's, what if about false allegations? I'm like, okay, yeah, what about them? That, like, that exists, but it is so fucking rare. And also, I'm not necessarily saying, like, in, in, like, the case of James Dean, I'm not, because another argument that people always have is like, well, innocent until proven guilty. Like, yes, I'm not talking about arresting anyone. I'm talking about a, a for profit industry where, like, if someone has multiple women saying he abused me or otherwise, like any form of unwanted sexual contact in an industry that needs consent to be a priority, like, do we want that person as a part of our industry? I'm not talking about like getting, taking legal action at this point. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation, which is like, it's very annoying as a sex worker to hear fans or onlookers, or just anyone, be like, well, you know, if if these were serious claims, then she would have gone to the police. Like, no. Do you not understand that, like, most sexual assault or rape cases are never prosecuted, and when the woman who is victimized is a sex worker, there's almost, like, a guarantee that it won't be. Yeah, especially because of, like, the CSI effect, which is basically, like, because of shows, like, CSI and stuff, people expect... uh, you know, they expect actual, uh, not, not qualitative, they expect to actually have, like, oh, well, we found his pubic hair in her, rape, like, right. stuff like that. Right. But. Or, like, oh, well, if like, she was raped, then they would have found uh, signs of forcible rape on her body. Like, that's not. That's not. Yeah. That's so, not literally how it works most of the time. <laughs> and also because like a lot of I mean I mean you saw with like Brock Turner like sexual assault is just not taken as ser- as seriously when it's a a male or just I mean right. anyone I'm not gonna limit to because there are women too who buy into rape culture like right who they feel like the person who was assaulted didn't do enough to stop the assault. Right. That's a someone well, like Brock Turner gets like three months. Well, and also, especially in the Brock Turner case, as well as in like the Ron Jeremy case, you're also bringing in all other intersections of privilege. So like white privilege, that's at play. Um, economic privilege is at play, especially. So Brock Turner came from a wealthy family. Um, Ron Jeremy, he's a celebrity, you know. Even if he doesn't have enough money to post $6.6 million bail, like, he's still a celebrity who most average Americans would assume has. He can survive off of his social capital. Right, exactly. Um, So, like, you have all these other intersections of privilege that are keeping abusers enabled. Because there are other ways that they have power over their victims. Yeah. Fiona Apple... Released a new album. This is not just like some weird. <laughs> you're just ran. You're like, and now like, for a. <laughs> yeah, now for a musical recommendation. Uh, <laughs> fetch the <laughs> bull cutters. But she has a song in it where, like, sh- there was a really good inter not really good interview, but basically, she did a whole thing, like being like, "This is what every single song song means." So there's a song on it 
on the album called For Her. She says, For Her was a very difficult one to get done because it went through so many changes. It contains so many stories that are not even mine. It's partially inspired by conversations I had with this woman I knew years ago. When she had been an intern for a film production company, she gave me permission to write a song about this. It's really a song for her to, in a roundabout way, tell her story that she's not able to tell. So, and the song is basically going into, it basically talks about how this man who's in power is raping and abusing this woman. Yeah. And how we, and how, like, people, you know, decide to ignore it. And in the song, she actually, the, there's a line, it's, Good morning, good morning. You raped me in the bed that your daughter was born in. And so oh, and she God. And so That's she said painful. Oh, it's it's very visceral when you hear it. Um but she talks about how she was like not even sure it was going to be in the song. It's a very hard thing for it. She's a rape survivor. Yeah. It's very hard to say. Um and it's a clunk and but she said, I also feel it'll be important to the people it matters to yeah it's just it's important yeah so that's so i love fiona apple by the way she was one of the very first cds i ever bought when i was i could talk all day about fetch the bolt cutters um the the podcast still processing did a whole podcast episode about it it's very good um yeah my good friends, Jenny and Wes, as I like to think of them. <laughs> <laughs> These people I've never met, but love mm-hmm. listening That's to. how I am with all the podcast hosts that I listen to. But they They're did a whole episode. Yeah, they did a whole episode about it. But, like, it's, I mean, go listen to it if you haven't. But, you know, I feel like that song... Like she said, it's not just about this person's experience, not just about her experience. This song feels like a whole process about the Me Too movement and how people just, and people just ignored these women. Yeah. For so long, because they were caught up in like the flash of this man. And all the power and, yeah. Yeah, that sounds familiar for sure. Yeah, and so people don't... And people don't think about porn that way because there's already so much sex involved. But, like, it's true. There's power. Your ex was, like, telling you to send a text to the man who... Well, I also did never tell my ex how uncomfortable I was at in the parking lot with Ron Jeremy. Like, you know, anyone who was there saw me laugh it off. But that shouldn't... Well, that's... No, I'm saying that as a point of, like, my ex is a shitty person and I was uncomfortable talking to him about any of my true feelings. Oh, okay. Because he himself was a predator and an abuser, so... Yeah. So, you know, our response in society, in our society, for so long has been we need to protect these men like it's not just and it's not just in rape 
it's like we need to protect people um, like white collar criminals who right. are like we need to protect like I'm really I'm really taking a, a leap here but like we need to protect banks which are mostly run by men we need to protect these industries and these societal pillars that are mostly run by men but we don't we don't need to protect them because there are people who will fill those places that actually will give a shit about you. Right. Well, I mean, look, if we're, if we're expanding it out this far, then we could also include, uh, police, police unions in that statement. Yeah. Because. Oh, a hundred percent. Police, it's... police and police unions do more protecting of their own than yeah. they ever have done for the public. <laughs> no, it's, it's, you know, it's police unions, it's your politicians, it's yeah. people in power who are far more concerned with the power they hold and how they can use it over people than using that power to actually help build a community. Yeah. And, like, you can put that all back to, like, American individualism. Which is just, it's like... I don't know how anyone paying attention to the news lately could not have a criticism about Americans, you know, ridiculous form of individualism. It's, it's like individual, in, oh my God, why is that word hard? Individualism at the expense of everything, essentially. It's just, it's yeah. pure selfishness and greed. And it's hard to be reminded of on a daily fucking basis, but I'm glad that we are right now in this point in time because it reminds us that we can't keep accepting shit and being complacent. Yeah. So that's everything that we have to say about Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Which, I, you know what? I'm going to be real meta for a second. I think it's way more telling that we spoke a lot less about Ron Jeremy had talked more about the culture that helped create him and yeah. women's experiences. And that's how it should really always be. Mm-hmm. Less about the abuser, more about the abused and how to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah. I think this is a good place to leave it. This is a little bit of a serious note, but that's fine because we can do that. We can. Right? We're allowed on, to do that. Yeah. We can keep on being serious. Again, in our show notes, we'll also put some links to Louisville local organizations. Mm -hmm. um, Charles Booker didn't win, and I'm real sad about it still. Charles Booker didn't win, but his inspirational, but his posts every day that are only in the mornings. On social media. His, his inspirational morning tweets still get me. Yes, they've been very nice. They are. They're lovely. I cried. But like, but. What if Charles well, Booker listens to our podcast someday? I don't think he'll listen to I don't think he will either. I. <laughs> and you know, this Louisville has been hit really hard this past. I mean, it's been a really all. Um, yeah. We had another... A, a local man was shot, Tyler Girth. He's 
a year younger than me. That's not to try to make it about me. I'm sorry. It's just more like he was 27. And he that's was just there. really young. Yeah. I mean, just really it's, young. again, it's yeah. fucked um, up no matter what the person's age is. But I know when I see news like that and I, in yeah. my head, it takes a different form kind of. And you he know. was. So I get what yeah, you Yeah. And he was, he was there because he was a photographer and he felt it was really important to be there to not only support, but to document, um, Another young man was shot a block away from where most of the protest sites have been going on today. Um, there has not been a ton of information about it. I just, and all this week, basically since this weekend, um, people who have been doing live streams, um, Jason Downey, Maxwell, Maxwell Mitchell, Milky Mess, um, uh, Riot Heart. I'm only saying these people so that you can go check them out if you want to. Um, just kind of see what's happening on the ground. They've been targeted by LMPD. Uh, Jason Downey posted something on Facebook. He's been he's been live streaming a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're not Louisville, you don't know him, and that's that's okay. But now you can, and you can watch his live streams. But he posted that he got arrested this week. And there was another person live streaming who saw the police tackle him off the sidewalk into a porta potty. And when he went to get booked, the booking officer was like, I knew you were coming because we were watching the live stream. So the oh live God. streamers have been targeted. Um, uh, what I'm saying is, we're going to post some places that you can donate. And, you know, someone emailed and was like, I'm happy to send some money that way, but, like, is there a way that I can still send money to you? And Adrian and I both just feel this way. You know, there are ways to support her, like, on OnlyFans. Be an OnlyFans person, you can send it. But seriously, any money that you would want to give us for this podcast, please just send right to an organization that is doing good work. Um, yeah. I will reiterate that as well. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had a thought about expanding on that some more, but nah. I mean, if anyone, if you're a fan of of me and my adult uh, film work, then you already know where to find me and where to find my OnlyFans, etc. If you are subscribed to any of those things, like you know, I I am funding this podcast. So, I mean, if you are supporting my film career, then you are indirectly supporting this podcast. So you can consider yourself a podcast supporter there. Um, But this is why we talked about it in the last Minnesota that we're retiring the Patreon, because we want to be able to focus um, completely on on content for the podcast. So I appreciate that some of you guys want to, like, send money directly to the podcast or whatever, but it's, it's not necessary... If you have an extra 10, 15 bucks, three bucks, I don't care, what, two dollars. Yeah, please consider sending it to some of these local organizations that we're going to put in our show notes. Yeah. Or, you know what, if you want it to be more podcasts, send it to Cat Black in the email that we, or in the the link that we're going to post there. She has her Venmo in her own notes. Send her some dollars because she was brave and told her story. And we referenced it a lot. 
Yeah. I'm going to send yeah. her some dollars. Like, yeah. just, <laughs> just, you know, that's all. That's all. Uh, we'll um, be back at some point. I don't know what we're talking about next. Yeah, I don't know. Do we know if we're going to do another Minnesota before August? I don't know. I guess we'll we figure it out. We could do the Minnesota that, that, um, that Jude was talking about. Let's do that. Ooh, okay, okay that'll be a fun one. Not, That's a secret. Not, We're not going to tell them what it is. Let's not say anything else. Okay. Uh, okay. So you can officially look forward to one more fun little Minnesota uh, before we officially begin our, our next season with our new theme song to jam out to. <laughs> um, Thanks for listening. Thank you for um, listening. This has been After Adult. Um, you can find us on... All the socials, you can listen to us wherever you can get your podcast. Uh, um, we're at after, at after Adult on most social media things. You mm-hmm. can email us at afteradultblog at, blog gmail. at gmail.com. Afteradultblog at gmail.com. You can email me personally at therealrachel at protonmail.com. If you want. Yeah. Oh, and uh, we don't have a question to read for this episode here. But if you want to call and leave us a voicemail to ask us a question or um, a comment for a future episode, our Google voice number is 818-457-6535. So you can let us hear your party little voice and call us at that number. (laughs) Alrighty. Until next time. both waving in an audio medium.